This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. And this is our last week giving best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. Why is it our last week? That's because this is the final episode of our podcast. Why are people clapping? It's like you guys are happy. That nice. No, just kidding. <laughs> we had to play our way too long clappy sound cue. <laughs> oh, more time. Oh, I never heard. There's like more. I think they say like, good practice or see you at practice I don't wow know. Uh, that was like an extended cut just for the final episode <laughs> uh <laughs> i feel very emotional and weird about this whole thing about this being our last episode but you know what let's just get through the intro we will be answering your listener questions and reading some mushy gushy farewell messages from our listeners then we're talking about what's in the news just get vaccinated already and whether to avoid people with different political views but first, Angela, what story do you want to tell for our final episode? No pressure. I know. It, it, there is pressure, but also I was like, I'm going to approach this the way I would any other week because it's not over until the final segment. Right now, we're still at the beginning of the end. True. So we're just going to, I'm just going to tell a normal story. Um, and you guys are going to get one final tale of woe about my fucking wedding. <laughs> Um, so as you know, things I've hit a few snags along the way. Yes. I've mentioned it before, I think. I like that this show. is like a safe venti space for you to this talk is, about it all I, because something I like to hear about it. I don't know what I will do now. This is this every, I mean, like every episode was a new thing that went wrong with my wedding. Um, and when something would go wrong, it was like, well, at least there's podcast content. Now it's just going to be <laughs> shit going wrong. <laughs> and only my therapist to hear about it. Um, uh, I mean, does your therapist enjoy the wedding content, do you think, as much as our listeners and I, think I so. do? I feel the same amount of pressure to entertain her as I do to en entertain you guys, which is probably sick. That's the problem <laughs> with therapy is I literally would go through and think in my head while I was talking to my therapist, like, is she bored? Is she sick of hearing about my family? <laughs> I, well, I know. And it's like, you know, you create a rundown for the podcast. I create a rundown for therapy. <laughs> I would take notes like, about what to talk about. We'll open with this, which like is normal, yeah. but, but yeah. Anyways, anyway, anyway. well, you're not going to have double therapy anymore because this is our last episode, but you can always call me to vent. In the meantime, what is the latest with your wedding? Okay. So, yeah, as I said, we've hit a few snags before, uh, but we did finally get married. So, like, the hard part, I guess, is over. Um, but now things are happening out of order, and I was supposed to have my shower, um, like, a week from today when we're recording. And if you guys recall, back in March of 2020 when COVID hit, uh, my shower was a week out and got canceled. Um, so I'm a little sensitive about bridal showers now. <laughs> As one should be. And uh, so then a week out from my new shower, got a call that the shower venue double booked uh, the space. What? Yeah. How and do you double book the space? Do they not have Google calendars? I was also like literally they, the person who you double booked this with could not have 
booked it before I did because I was literally your last reservation before you had to shut down your restaurant. So I so have I first yeah. dibs. So um, somebody gave up. I ordered a pasta dish the other day and then they came back and said, oh, sorry, we gave it to somebody else. No more pasta. And I was very <gasps> upset. I can't imagine. That's so sad. If they, that, I felt like I got like double booked with pasta. You got double booked with your bridal shower yeah. venue. So they were, yeah. So my mom called. For, my mom, we do this thing now when she texts me, like, can I call you? I always assume something terrible happened. So Same. She, she was like, can I call you? No one died. <laughs> I was like, that is a good mother. You may. <laughs> but So then she called. She told me what happened. She was like, I don't want to upset you, but uh, apparently they double booked the venue. And it's it's still going to happen, but they're giving us a different room. So th- this this place has, like, this really pretty, it's like, they better give you the best room, no, the so bigger room. They had this really pretty, like, kind of modern-looking space on one side. And then on the other side, they have this small windowless room that has, is a totally different aesthetic from the rest of the restaurant. It's red walls. It looks like a bordello, <laughs> which is an old-timey whorehouse, if you don't know what a bordello is. And which is fine, but just, like... Not the, v- not the, not vibe. the vibe you were you were feeling. And I'm, like, pretty laid back. But I think after the last year... I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to call this lady. And then. Wow, but you're not a confrontation no, person. No, I'm not, I don't want to, like, because it's an awkward conversation. It's a confrontational conversation. And I was emotional. So, like, my hands were shaking. Like, I just don't like talking on the phone, especially about awkward things. Sure. So, but then, uh, luckily, my mom called me right before therapy. So I talked to my therapist and she was like, write everything down, write everything you down. Can that you can plan it say. out. Right. So I bulleted out my thoughts. And then the woman took forever to call me back. So I had time to calm down. And I – so I had it on speaker because – Wait, e- can I pause? Why were you getting the bordella room? Oh, my – so she – I almost she, said bordetella, but that's a vaccination <laughs> for dogs. Oh, is it? Yeah. Good to know. Um, She was like – Why you the, get that? The person, who, the other person, the person who whose fault this is has since been let go. Um, They didn't put the – um this the other event on the calendar you were on the calendar so i was like okay so i shouldn't have dibs on the room but she was like they specified in their contract that they would get this room well i didn't you'd be like well i didn't think i need to specify it because it was just assume that is exactly what i said and she was do i also need to specify that like you're gonna serve water exactly 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 but so i uh but like i so because I'm not good with confrontation, I had her on speaker, and Ian was like, "You know, do you do you?" But like, if you want me to jump in, like, let me know. Good, good. good. And so as she's talking, he kept going to jump in, and I like put my hand up. I oh. was like, "No, no, oh, hey. I got this." And I spoke my piece. And when I got off the phone, Ian was like, "Whoa, that was so good. You were like nice and understanding, but firm and upset." And I was like, "Yes, that's the vibe that I wanted." So basically, wow. I was like, "Listen." And first I was like, is there any flexibility on the time? No flexibility on the time. But then I was like. Give me like a trailer of this conversation. Well, I also, it's always great to throw out the COVID card, which, and by great, I mean horrible that we live in this hellscape still. But I was like, you have now put double the amount of people in a space. uh, And I know that my guests are vaccinated. I don't know who these random people are. And this is dangerous. It's dangerous. Love it. Uh, Even though she was like, you know, there's a wall. I was like, I don't care about the wall. But no, my main thing, I was like, so full disclosure, all due respect, my worst case scenario will be having my event in that space. So um, I'm going to be reaching out to other local businesses to see um, if they can accommodate me. 
but you are probably more well connected in that area. So I would like you to reach out to places for me and find me a new space. <laughs> and like, she said yes. And she wow. was willing to do it. And she did it. And she found me a place 24 hours later. Um, so I didn't even have to do any work. And are you happy with the place? I'm actually thrilled with the place. It's like spacious and bright and she's still going to cater or whatever. Um, so she, oh, she's still catering. She's yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of that. She, I think after she got off the phone with me, it was like, hmm, how can I make this person happy and still make money? What a B. So, I know, whatever though. I'm just so happy to have it resolved. Um, but yeah, so things went wrong, but I handled it and it felt good to handle it. Um, and I'm so proud. I know. And like, Ian astutely pointed out, because like my family sort of has this narrative of like, everything goes wrong. We have the worst luck. And he was like, the way you break that narrative was by doing exactly what you did and handling your shit. And you handled your shit. I love that. I know. So happy ending for now until the next disaster. But well, I know your shower is going to go great. And I can't wait for the bachelorette party because I still have a bunch of vibrators from our wonderful podcast. Well, I will see what happens Unused. Currently, the vaccination rate, it was supposed to be in Dollywood, and the vaccination rate in Tennessee is not great. So, mm-hmm. um, but my. Wow, my, even though that's surprising considering. Because of Dolly. Dolly but they don't care. fund Moderna. Moderna. Yeah, I know. That's why I got, well, it's not why I got Moderna, but I was happy to get Moderna. But <laughs> my, my wonderful maid of honor was like, don't worry if Tennessee is still Chernobyl, we'll find something else. So uh, I have faith that something good will happen. That's great. Yeah. So that's my final story. You've told a lot of great stories. Do you have a favorite story that you've ever told? Oh, man. You know, it was so we. You and I were chatting about this earlier. and yeah. I, I was having a hard time remembering, like, some of the really good ones. Uh, but the one that I think because I just had a bikini wax and I think about this story a lot was the time I told the story of the um, uh, the Eastern European bikini waxer lady putting her thumb right on my clit. Uh, a bikini wax and just put like using it to like push off wow uh and me just being like so do you have any plans for the summer i loved that story (laughs) so much do you and you can't you know what episode that was on if you want to direct people to it i don't sorry you'll have to just look (laughs) back at all of our episode descriptions to find uh angela getting her molested molested (laughs) um (laughs) sure it was an accident yeah Um, yeah you'll have to search but that 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 one comes to mind I'm sure there's better ones but that one comes to my mind what about you do you have a favorite story my favorite story was about it was just like a perfect podcast story I think it was about the gym pooper so (laughs) I wish I've just given away the story but at my gym my trainer told me that there was a guy that kept coming in going into the locker rooms and then like quickly leaving. And he was doing this day after day and they thought that he was going in there and like stealing stuff. And so because he wasn't coming in to work out and he wasn't even changing and he was doing this day after day, they had, they like look, but nothing was getting stolen. And after like a week or so of this happening, I'm like vaguely remembering the story. So I'm not sure if it was weak. They, they found out that he was go- using the gym bathroom. He was a member to poop. He yeah. was the gym pooper. And so then you and I spent like the whole rest of the story guessing why he was using, which I just thought was, it was such a fun story, why he was using the gym bathroom to poop. Like, and I was like, 
Maybe he just started dating a girlfriend. He doesn't want to poop in front of her. Maybe he's got roommates and like they poop. And so like the bathroom is not free. Maybe his toilet's broken like and it's can't find a plumber like all, you know, for like weeks. I don't know. And like we went through all the scenarios of why is he coming every morning before work to use the bathroom to poop? Uh, we and never got to the bottom of the case. But I do remember we heard from a couple listeners who were like, yeah, I did something similar. Um, what was the reason they did it? I remember it could one also be was like you get your coffee. Work. Somebody didn't want to poop at work, so they went mm-hmm. to the gym. No, that I get. Also, like maybe they, you leave your house, you get your morning coffee. That kind of like moves the bowels. And then sure. like the gym is on the way to work. Yeah. I don't know. I have to say, this reminds me of like early on in the pandemic, one of the first things I thought was like – what are all the couples that don't poop in front of each other doing now that they're stuck home and can't go anywhere? You have to. Thank God we have <laughs> two bathrooms. And, or yeah. in my case, thank God we're open. Yeah. Uh, it just goes to show you should always be open or have two bathrooms right. in case a pandemic hits. Um, so I wasn't going to talk about the story this week, but your story about not wanting to be confrontational <laughs> kind of inspired me about how I – enjoy being confrontational apparently <laughs> and isn't that why we work <laughs> the yin and the yang oh, i yelled at an old man this morning angela yeah but i he had it coming right uh, obviously <laughs> obviously so you're not just assaulting the elderly no so what i was going to talk about was i just got back from my first post-pandemic trip with the kids i'm going to my first wedding this weekend like Ooh. lots of stuff's opening up but but then this morning came and I yelled at an old man. So <laughs> that is what we're talking about. So I was walking Rilo to school this morning. And my cute little three-year-old, he has started to use a scooter to go to school. You know, you see the kids. Yeah, it's if very you're, adorable. If you're up in the morning, they're all scooting with their parents to work. And I also had the dog. Uh, Nick had stayed up all night with the baby because we've been like taking turns. And I told him, I was like, go back to sleep. Like, baby's still sleeping. Like, I will take Rilo to school. Because a lot of times Nick takes Rilo to school on the way to his, uh, his his art studio. So I'm, I don't usually do this. But I am like, got the dog. I've got the kid making sure he doesn't fall or go into the street. Like, making sure we look both ways for cars. So we're, we're on the sidewalk. My dog decides to poop. So I tell Rilo, like, hold on, freeze. Like, pause the scooter. The dog is pooping. I take the dog's leash and like put it on the scooter so I can like pick up the poop. Also hold the scooter. Make sure I still have my toddler and pick up dog poop. And like this old man doing it all. Yeah, but like the whole walk, people are smiling. Like, oh, so cute. He's so cute. Because Rilo looks so cute. He's got like two little. He's got this like helmet. Like two little buns kind of poking out. Oh, and yeah, like you have a baby and a dog. Cute You're little the, the picture outfit. of a Brooklyn family. Like the cutest, right? So everyone's like, so cute. So, oh my God. It's just like smiling. Like I love all the smiles I get when I'm with my kids because they're just like, oh, we know like the struggle is real and you're doing it. <laughs> Cute little fam. And so this like old man is approaching and I'm just assuming like same reaction, right? Like so cute and a dog. So cutest dog. Like, do, do, do. And he starts like yelling at us like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because we're in the middle of the sidewalk. I'm trying to pick up dog poop with a leash and my, do- and my toddler and and the scooter. And I was just like so shocked. I just, I look at him, I go, oh, we've got a curmudgeon here. And <laughs> Which, by the way, is very mild. <laughs> I don't know 
Oh, that is like not a word I use, Angel. That's a word like I could see you using. Yeah, but I mean, I think when you meet a grumpy old man, though, like that's that's the word. I go. We that's got what a, that word's for. We got a curmudgeon here, and <laughs> and that was the first thing that came out because you know when you have like unexpected confrontations in the street, as anybody that's had those knows, whatever comes out of your mouth comes out of your mouth, and you're going to spend like the rest of the week going over what you should have said instead. Very much so, yeah. So I just said, well, we got a curmudgeon here. Like, not not too bad of an opener. <laughs> just came out. He flips around, like, cannot believe. And he goes, he goes, you're blocking the whole sidewalk. You're blocking the whole sidewalk. And, like, at that point, he's, like, literally, now I'm getting, like, really yelled at. And I, and I just look at him, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is evil. <laughs> Which is, like, I just looked at him dead in the eyes, and I go, evil because that's what i felt i felt like this old man is calling like a new mother with her leaky breasts and like her sweet little toddler and like trying to manage her like old dog who's pooping and i'm like i'm trying to do it all man like like and you're yelling at me because i'm like you because you would have had to go two feet around us you would prefer to yell at a mother in front of her three-year-old and with like her old elderly dog. Like really, that is how, that's how you're starting your morning at 845. You are evil. So I said, oh, we got a curmudgeon here. But then I upped it to evil. (laughs) How am I doing so far? I mean, I do have to say no matter how much I believed in what I was yelling about, if somebody like whispered evil (laughs) at me, I would stop and be like, ooh. So what do you, I would reassess. What do you, yeah, right? You would reassess like your internal, like how are you feeling? Like, I might double down are. then, but it would definitely stop me for a moment. And I'd be like, ooh, that's it. That hurts. So what do you think he said to me? Do you think he said, I am sorry. I just <laughs> am trying to like, he didn't even look like he was like, like I, this, like, like, sorry. You're just like, you know, I don't even know what he would say. What do you think he said? I want to believe that he would just maybe laugh and, and move on but i guess that's not what happened no so he's now been called like we got a curmudgeon here evil bitch mm, there it is that's what i was hit with i was hit with bitch <laughs> so now i'm like see that really escalates things that, that's when i get scared and i run away he didn't look scary i don't think he, he had no weapon still though yeah. If somebody's willing to call a stranger, a like, strange mother, bitch, a mother? Yeah, in front of her three-year-old, 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 yeah, yeah three. three-year-old, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, right. Concerning. I so yeah, I was done. Like I was done. I like then spent the rest of the. He won because I spent the rest of the walk like feeling like yucky about the interaction and like going through like what should I have said when he called me a bitch like I guess like nothing like what am I gonna get through to this guy and be like sorry your life like you're having a bad day like a lot of times what I've been saying because this happens a lot I guess is like I'm sorry you're having a bad day (laughs) I'm sorry you are having a bad day I uh I'm always afraid of making crazy people crazier but I nope. like you said I dr- spend the whole week then dreaming about what I could have or should have said. Actually I I do I'm so scared of crazy people in New York. You're right. I do I usually try to like avoid but I I like did a quick assessment of this old man like he wasn't You're like I can take him. I like he was not he didn't look like out of his mind like right. on drugs or like I was not scared for my life. There were people around. Um but like but then I'm like but after he said bitch, I was like, okay, my three-year-old's here. Like, we're not, what are we, yeah, what, right. what is happening here? And then I was so concerned. I'm like, oh my God, my three-year-old who notices everything and is always like, you know, 
what Papa say? What, Mama, what you say? What is Papa saying? What are you saying? Like, why are your eyes blinking so much? Like, like notices every little detail. I was like, oh my God, like I'm gonna have to explain what happened to him. <laughs> like traumatized. He's traumatized. Like his mother has been called a bitch. His mother called this old man evil. Like this is not, he's about to go to school. He's not gonna want to go to school. Like what is happening? And like, I looked down at him after the old man left. He goes, the poop is yellow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's good. He didn't. This went right over his head. He didn't even notice what was going on. There we go. Thank God for Thank the poop. The poop is yellow. So that was good my distraction. That was my morning, Angela. Wow. That's, I got called a bitch and I called an old man evil. That's a range of emotions that you had to experience. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you got called a bitch. That's always uh, frightening. Feels frightening. Yeah. It does. Um. All right. On that note, we, <laughs> yeah, no, what a note. <laughs> we're going to, it seems appropriate yeah. for the last episode. We're going to jump into the mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor Coors Light. You probably heard people say we should get a beer when this is over about a thousand times in the last year and a half. Now Molson Coors is going to hold your friends accountable for getting those beers. They said that they would. So Miller Light, Coors Light, Blue Moon, Peroni, and a beer I'm going to butcher the name of, Lewin Kugel, are teaming up to help you hold your friends accountable. So what they're, what you got to do, this is actually kind of nice. All you have to do is take a screenshot of a message from a friend saying that you should get a beer when this is over, and you share it on social with hashtag time for that beer, and then you go to the bar, upload your receipt for a for the beer from one of those brands at timeforthatbeer.com slash rebate and then they will pay for your beer. So they're basically, it's like a way to get a free beer. So it's kind of cool. If that sounds complicated, all you got to do is go to timeforthatbeer.com. It's kind of nice, right? Like who doesn't want, I don't know, who doesn't want a free beer? Get a free beer. I mean, I'm so excited to be doing things now that we can do things. I don't need to be held accountable. I'm like following up. I'm I'm the friend that's (laughs) like, hey, let's get that drink. But if, if that drink could also be free, even better. So yeah, don't your friends that are not like me, don't let them off the hook for beers. They said that they would get with you post-pandemic. Molson Coors is buying. So now they have no excuse not to make good on the beers they promised. Yep. Go to timeforthatbeer.com to get the beer you said you would get on them, on us, on whoever. It's not on you. That's all you got to know. <laughs> Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week for our last episode? So for our last episode, um, I'm very grateful. So we had time in between announcing that we were ending and recording this episode. We sent out an email and we said, like, if anybody has any farewell messages that they would like us to read, to send us the messages. And so people did. So we're going to read some of them. And we even have some some final, like, questions, like, asking for advice. So. It's a mix of just like people that have enjoyed the show and also actual people that need advice, just like old times. So we're reading more messages than usual. Yeah. All right. Take Buckle, it away. Bra- brace, brace yourself. Give settle us, in. Give us the first one. Okay. So first one is from our listener, Justin, who I totally remember when he wrote to us, like I, I was so happy to get this message from him. So the subject was goodbye gals. And he wrote, a few years ago, I contacted the podcast to vent about my singleness as a young gay adult in Tennessee. Y'all read the email on the podcast, and it filled me with so much love. 
While I've yet to find a man to love, I've come to realize that I'm okay with loving myself for now. I'm okay with being confident and feeling love for myself. This is why I'm single. Your podcast helped me realize all these things. Y'all are amazing. Thank you both for the fun over the years and best wishes to both of you. You'll keep on doing amazing things. Love, Justin. Oh, my God. Love that. Thank you, Justin. Uh, All right. Next email I'm going to read is from Emily. The subject is no, don't go, which always makes me feel good because I'm like, are people going to even care <laughs> that the show's ending? Will anyone care? Yeah. Um, hi, amazing ladies. Seems so crazy that it's going to end. Thank you for the advice. I found your pod after being so, so single it hurt. Gave up on seeking a Prince Charming. I then entered a lot of short relationships that really taught me who I was and what I actually wanted. I then met my ex and everything seemed perfect and wedding planning began. He then emotionally shut down and we broke up. But you girls in the pod were there for me. Then he met someone else and got married within a few weeks of us breaking up. Okay, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, got married a few weeks. That's nuts. Um, that's kind of traumatizing. For sure. But with the pod's help, I didn't give up. And my now fiance found me when I was broken. I tried multiple times to push him away and called us many other names before we actually became boyfriend and girlfriend officially. And three weeks ago, he proposed. Thank you so much for the laughs, advice, and help throughout this. You will be so missed, Emily. That was nice. I feel like a lot of these are because we were a dating podcast for so long. So people have come full circle in their in their personal life. Yes. I like, I feel like I've been along on the journey. And I think also, I mean, the show has been on for six years. So a lot of people like that's, that's like somebody wrote in that we'll read their email later, but it was like, they basically have been listening to the show for their whole twenties. So like people have had a lot of life happen since if they listened from the beginning till now, like, yeah. yeah. And we've had a lot of life. And we've had a lot of life. Our advice has changed. Our perspective <laughs> on things have changed. Yeah. All um, right. What else we got? Okay. So next is, from Alex. And Alex writes, Hi, Angela and Laura. I just wanted to write in following your announcement that the podcast is coming to an end. I'd like to say a massive thank you to both of you for all the amazing episodes over the years. Your show was the first podcast I ever listened to way back in 2017, and I haven't missed an episode since. Wow. Hell yeah, Oh my God, that's so cool. Um, hi, I have learned so much from your honest discussions and have gained a lot of confidence in the crazy world of dating and life. You have also provided me with virtual friendship on long car journeys, endless marathon training and chilled out time at home doing chores. Whilst I was sad to hear the podcast is ending, I'm so happy that it is coming to a close on such a good note. Congratulations on your wedding, Angela, and on the birth of baby Elliot Laura um, I'd also I like get a cry I know I'd also like to thank you for the advice you gave me when I wrote in several years ago my question seems very naive looking back as I was worried about dating a guy shorter than me I think I remember this one I mean Aww. I lived this one I yeah. I was the same um, so she says you both suggested that I may be worrying too much about what others think and I really took this on board with a little soul searching I realized that this um, this has been an issue for me, and I've been working on it since. I'm sure many listeners like me have benefited from your sisterly advice over the years, helping them to reflect and learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. We should be so lucky. that I, I, mean, I hope so. I, I am, hope. And she says, I'm so excited for the last two episodes, and I'm sure I'll be a little emotional at the end of the final one, but I wish you both all the best for the future. Lots of love, Alex. These are beautiful emails. It's also just so, I don't know, I very... I don't, I 
basically never write into things that I enjoy in life, you know? So for know. people to take the time to write in is like, it means I don't know. A lot. It really, yeah, no, I don't know how to say it in not a really cliche, cheesy way, but it's really cool. It is. And it's it's really cool to see people. Because I don't like, do this. I know. And I'm I should. Cool. This is inspiring me to be better and tell people when they when have things, like something. when I like something. I know. All right. I'm going to read one. This is from Amanda. No, I'm so, this is from Instagram. Mm-hmm. No, I'm so sad this is ending. I found this podcast when I had just moved from Puerto Rico to Massachusetts and had my first heartbreak. Now I'm going through another heartbreak and your podcast always fills me with joy. You even answered one of my questions, which I made you all be all anonymous about, about the pay gap at my job where the Latinas had more work but got paid less. I still cannot say what type of job it is because I signed an NDA and don't want to be identified, but me and the other Latina at work teamed up and we were able to get our salary up by a lot. My hourly wage went up by around $8. We still have more responsibilities, but at least the pay is better. Again, I am going to miss the podcast and wish you all the best. That is awesome. Yes, that is very I awesome. remember. I remember trying to navigate like because that was I from think, the this is why like after the rebrand yeah and and i think this one really hit home to me because i have never been able to do this in my real life so i want to hopefully <laughs> help other people do it you know sometimes yeah. you give advice you can't help i remember tr- i try i kept getting like raises without uh or no, sorry the opposite promotions. I, I, I kept getting promotions without raises yeah. at my magazine jobs this happened to me multiple times i would go from reporter to editor and then like uh and then like events editor to news editor and not get a raise and like kept coming back to my boss being like hey jared I'm like whatever he doesn't work there anymore and like <laughs> like like you said i could like maybe get that raise and like it like wouldn't happen um <laughs> well it's kind of like how we were saying at the top of the episode when you don't say the thing and then like you spend the week thinking about what you should have said and then you figure out what you should have said. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. why we were able to give advice even though we weren't able to use it ourselves. I don't know what I would have yeah, – I don't even know what I would have done differently. Like I really felt like I tried to go in. This is like bringing back – and like advocate for, advocate for myself. But I clearly did a bad job. I mean I guess I could have just like quit. Is like I don't know, yeah. Ugh, but you can't do that when you need money. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad. I'm like so happy that it worked for for Amanda. Yes. All right. What else we got? Um, okay. Next one is from our listener Homero, who has been a listener for a while now and so. written in a bunch. And yes. I love this. And he and you know what I like is that Homero has called us out on the good and the bad. There's been like yes. he's he's like really good at he's done like the constructive criticism also, which yes. I yeah. genuinely appreciate because he does it in a respectful way. Yes, he does. Which is when, he, like, when he's like disagreed with our advice, very, right very rare on the internet yeah. to have a nuanced conversation. But Absolutely, we had one. Um, and he wrote something I really liked in this email. So let me read it. He said, "I'm feeling lots of things after reading the this is why email, uh, but most importantly, it's a chance for me to practice being happy for the experiences of interacting with you two. I feel slightly famous for having my questions answered by those more famous than I. Oh, and here oh, I know <laughs> it's." I haven't gotten stopped on the street today. No. Well, you did, but not by a fan. (laughs) True. Um, And here you two grow over time. I'm very content knowing that I can listen to the final big events of the pod as well as the CBD episode, which I will look into for my own mental and sexual health. Um, And then this is the part that I really like. He said, thank you for sharing your your lives with the world. And I hope this gives me time to play catch up on all the episodes I missed. Also, Thank you for helping humanize adulthood as just as awkward as every other stage of life. 
And if yes, we have done God, nothing else. <laughs> God bless. That is never a truer statement. Yeah. I think that that might have been the goal without even realizing it was the goal. <laughs> yeah. That really is like I would say the thesis of of our podcast is that adulthood I love that. Humanizing adulthood as just as awkward as every other stage of life. That is beautiful. And whether you're single or in a relationship or married or have kids or don't have kids, like it's all, there's a problem. Nothing, you're never going to reach perfect. Yes. God, that, wow. It's really cool. Sometimes other people can see what you're trying to go for when you don't even know. Um, all right. This is from our listener, Sarah. She messaged on the pod, I or on the Instagram. I am so sad about this as I have listened since the podcast was called This Is Why You're Single. When I first started, I was in college, single, and wondering if I would ever meet someone. Now I have a great career, own my own home, and am married to a great guy. I just have to say that you and Angela have been amazing, and thank you for all the great episodes. That was nice. Very nice. Okay, and then our final two actually have questions in them. Great. For us to answer. So first up, we have from Emily. Emily is another very longtime listener who has written us a lot, so shout out to Emily. Um, And she wrote, as soon as we announced, she said, is there room for a listener update slash dating question for the last episode? Because I've got one. Um, encouraging update after three years, I finally can like someone again. My first crush last time dating someone out, um, someone again after my last serious boyfriend ghosted me and I never heard from again. I'm in early dating stages with a really nice guy I met playing intramural sports. Vintage, this is why advice. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I don't know that she said that. Were we, like, we were telling like everybody, like, just go join a soccer league and you'll meet someone. Which like over... I mean, I think we were like join. Yeah, no, we were just like do activities. activities. Like be and doesn't be, have to be sports because it doesn't have to be sports. <laughs> would never join a sport. No, no, no. But Me like, personally. just like go do some activities where you'll meet people that are outside of your circle. Yeah. Is the gist of the advice? Because like, if you're sick of online dating and like you know try out try whatever you you're enjoying. Is In fact, what, you probably need a mix of things. You need a mix of things. Yeah, but if you're like not enjoying something like like stop it. If you're not meeting people at the bars, your friends aren't introducing you to people, you're sick of online dating. Like, I don't know, just like get get outside your circle and like do some fun activities. So that's yeah. that is vintage. This is why advice. That is. I love glad it. She followed it. I love it. I love that she called it vintage advice. That's so <laughs> that's like adorable and like accurate. Um and she said, "Okay, so now she has a question for us. She says, what advice do you have for dating someone new after relationship trauma slash heartbreak and if it's been a long time? I took the last three years to grow, learn, process, therapy, and lots of healing and, re- and recognizing my ex's toxic behavior and patterns had nothing to do with me and everything to do with them, gaslighting, ghosting, stonewalling, et cetera, hurt people, hurt people, et cetera. Um, I'm in a great place, moving on, open and content with myself again. Love you guys in the pod. I started listening when I was 22 and I'll be 29 in December. You guys got me through my post-college years and have been a survival guide slash the older sisters I never had in my 20s. Thank you for everything. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I think like... Um, so, well, I mean, she, it sounds like she like went through... She knows... She did all the right stuff. She like... She did everything. Took a break after having like a kind of traumatic experience. She went to therapy... Uh, she sounds very self-aware about everything that happened. So I think now is a good time to start getting back out there. Yeah. But like, I think. But she, but she says, I'm in the early stages dating a nice guy. So yeah. she did the thing. She did all the things. Like you said, she went, right. did the intramural sports. She did the therapy. She took time. Like she didn't need no advice from us. So she's just asking what advice do you have for someone dating someone new after relationship trauma and heartbreak. 
but she also recognizes that it was all her ex and like and like it had nothing to do with her hurt like she says hurt people hurt people and all the things he did i mean i guess if she, so i'm wondering what she's concerned about do you think do you think well i think she, it's probably feeling she's probably feeling kind of um like you kind of feel like you're an, an exposed nerve a little bit when you yeah, put yeah, yourself yeah. back out there and you like make yourself vulnerable again so i would actually i have a friend that's in a similar situation right now and did the same thing did the right like took their the right time didn't jump back into like a rebound is it the friend whose like wedding got caught off is how did i know that it is and i'm very proud of her because she has done everything right and she's that's dating again. hard but just because you're ready and you're in a good place doesn't mean you're gonna always meet people that are at your level like you put yourself out there and you might meet good people like emily did and you might not and like i think that you need to go in with like not low expectations but don't don't put all your dreams and aspirations on like this one new person. Like it sounds like Emily's really excited about this new relationship, which she should be, but like stay present. Don't like think 10 steps ahead. Like we're going to get married. We're going to be like, whatever, like, because then you set yourself up to get hurt again. And then you're, and then you'll get quote unquote, like proven right. Right. So like, I think, yeah, like just don't like, like pay attention to how you're feeling. If you're having a good time and enjoying the experience, then enjoy that and be present. But, like, don't, like, try not to, like, worry too much about what happens if it doesn't work out. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, you don't want to maybe explain all of your trauma as on, like, a first date per se. But at some point, it might help to share some of this with the new person that you're dating to kind of explain, like, hey, I might be overly sensitive to, like, these type of things, and it's not because I don't trust you or because, I, you know, I, I'm excited about you. I think you're great, but, like, these are just kind of trigger spots for me based on, like, my past experiences, and that might help somebody have more compassion and empathy and understand where you're coming from because at the same time, a new person you're dating, like, they don't want to have to – it's not that they don't want to deal with the baggage or the trauma, but they don't – they're like, I'm a good person. You know, I didn't do these things to you. So why are you being sensitive? Which is something I deal a lot with, with Nick. Like mm -hmm. I had like, I've had like two friends die in car accidents and another friend that was paralyzed in college. So like if someone's, so like when he's driving me, if he's speeding and I like comment on his driving, it's like coming from a place of like trauma and oversensitivity to like re being very scared of, of somebody else at the wheel in a car but for him he gets like really angry like backseat driving and so like that's like a point of contention but I have to explain like this is coming from a place of like I'm not saying you're a bad driver I know you're like you're a good driver and you care about my safety but I have like trauma in my life that like makes me scared in a car kind right. of thing so like just explaining so then they have a little more perspective it doesn't always work no. still doesn't want me to be a backseat driver but at least he understands where it's coming from and he never would if you didn't tell him exactly so, yeah. so but i think like also like listen to yourself or, you know listen listen to how you're feeling and like if you feel like you really want to share that thing then share it if you're feeling like you're not ready then wait till you're ready yeah. but but yeah just listen to your how you're feeling all right should i read the last one yeah all right subject thank you for the six amazing years of content 
You guys are amazing and so empowering to us who listen. I discovered your content years ago and you have no idea how much you touched my life through your podcast. I was single. Then I lived with a boyfriend. Then we broke up. Then I got a new boyfriend. Then I got engaged. Then we eloped. And now we are planning a wedding and preparing a nursery. And somehow I feel like you have been there with me and for me during all those stages of my life. Crazy, isn't it? Anyway, I just wanted to share it with you in case you ever have doubts of how valuable your work was for the last years. Oh my God. Uh, It is sad to see the show go, but I am just excited for what the future holds. My question for the final episode is, how many times in the past did you think about finishing the podcast and the details on why was it or why you kept going back there? Best of luck. From Canada and previously Mexico and previously, previously LA, but always a fan, Maria. Good oh, question, Maria. No, this is great because sometimes even when we were deciding to end, I'm like, nobody's going to care. <laughs> like, do like are people like we weren't getting like as many emails, like the emails that we were getting with questions had kind of gone down a bit. And I was like, I don't know. Are people care? So then I get read something like this and it just like makes me, I don't know. Feel emotional. It's nice. Feel it's, all the we, we didn't waste our time for six for years. Six years. People like. I know it. it's crazy. We had an episode. I don't know if even our listeners realize. Like we had an episode come out every single week for six years straight. That's insane. I haven't done anything else in my life every week for six years straight except to have a podcast. Like it's the most consistent, longest job I've ever had. And it's also like we were holding ourselves accountable to do it, which like is a different kind of pressure. Well, also we had sponsors. And well, that's like, <laughs> And they like they were like, well, they needed an episode to come out every week. Um, but but in a good way, because otherwise you might have been like, oh, like, you know, some people do seasons or like right. or like they just if they don't have sponsors, they'll just like record whenever, which I, I in my head, I feel like that's not fair to the listeners because listeners like it becomes a part of your routine. And I feel like a responsibility. So like if people are anticipating to listen to this episode like on their commute or like a certain time in their week and then it doesn't come out or they don't know when it's going to come out and it's unreliable. Like, I don't know, just with having children, I've realized like how important consistency is with relationships and like people in your life. And We're, our, we're just a couple of Virgos. It, the True <laughs> that. But our relationship with our listeners, it, it, it is a relationship to me. Like I feel like they they listened to us and like committed their time, you know, like, like they, so I don't want to waste their time and I want to respect that they are expecting that an episode's coming out every week. So, and I think that's, that's why we are now deciding to like give a heads up, put, yeah, put, put it out to pasture because we want to always release quality content and uh, you can't do that for like that long when it's just, Two of you chugging. No, I mean, like all, all, I mean, have any TV shows been like still good after six seasons? I mean, maybe The Simpsons. No, they just start like killing people or making characters date that shouldn't date. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. I mean, like this is our real lives, but like I'm sure eventually we're going to get very boring. I think we might already be. I don't know. We might already be. Yeah. I mean, if you keep, although like it's, you know, yeah, after your wet, like what, without like weddings getting canceled and like I know old, old I mean then yelling at me like what? it gave us a great final <laughs> COVID really gave us a great final season <laughs> oh my god that's awful that's awful um okay. I'm saying that very tongue-in-cheek everyone <laughs> um all right so how many times did we think we would finish I mean literally like every uh, every milestone so initially we 
we didn't understand how podcasts work. And we <laughs> had a book coming out and we were like, let's, this was when 2015 when podcasts were relatively new. I yeah. mean, yes, there were some that had been, you know, ahead but of every, the game. everyone and their mom didn't have one like they do and now. And nobody knew what a, like, like my friends didn't really know what podcasts were necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not that that says a lot about my friends, but like my mom didn't know what a podcast was. She obviously right. knows what it is now. Um, and we were like, well, let's, you know, we're thinking of like promo ways. Like, let's release a podcast. We'll do one episode for every chapter of our book. We'll do like 30 episodes. And and that's it. And But that's not really how podcasts work. You don't use them to like promote something. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's hard to get listeners. Like, yeah, you just, we didn't know. But luckily, we very quickly kind of took to the format and had fun with it. And we, I don't think we were, you know, we used the book for like uh, episode ideas, but we weren't focus the whole time on being like and buy the book no 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 it was like inspiration like yeah. we used each chapter to kind of um like a theme and then once we were done with and then our podcast weirdly became the most successful thing we had done we had had a sketch show we had a book it, podcast became even more like successful than like our book came out in other countries which was cool but it wasn't like on the bestseller list by any means but our podcast within like the first couple weeks ended up on the front page of itunes and was getting a lot of press and so it was becoming successful like i mean now there's a gazillion podcasts so we're not going to be in the top 10 but at one point we were like top 10 yeah and so we were like, oh, shit, this is, like, not only very fun to get to hang out and talk with my friend and have an outlet, but, um, but like, wow, maybe we have something here. Maybe people care what we want. Some people, at least, want to hear what we have to say. Um, and so then we wanted to do more than 30 episodes. And so we're like, I, I don't know. Do you remember other times we thought we might end? Was it, like, probably, like, every year we would, like, be like – well, let's do two years and then let's go three years and then four and then five or we'll do 100 episodes. Okay, we'll end at 200. We'll end at 300, right? That's right. how I remember it. But yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. And I think, well, I think if I'm trying to get my timeline straight in my head, but I'm, I feel like the podcast, were we pitching it as a TV show while we still had the podcast? Or was that oh, before that we was started? That was awful. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. I think timelines. at a certain point we sort of, the po- we were doing too much and- or not, I mean, no, it was great that we had a lot going on, but I think there was the level of burnout at a certain point. With the podcast, you mean? With just I don't everything. I feeling burnout, but there was a lot. So, like, our book came out and in 2015, and we started the podcast right around then. And then, and then almost simultaneously, our book got optioned, and we were trying to work on a pilot that we were going to, like, shoot, like, a broad city-ish type of pilot. And it right. got optioned by this production company and sold to a network called Pop, which has like Schitt's Creek, which which is probably their most famous successful show. Not at the time, though. At not the time, at, nobody was watching Schitt's Creek. Now everybody not, watches Schitt's not, Creek. Not until it like got went on Netflix, yeah, yeah, which is like so cool for Schitt's Creek. Um, and we were going to have a shit. We were going to shoot our pilot. And then like that all fell through. But we were still doing the podcast. Yeah, so the podcast and the TV show and the book all kind of happened at the same time. And then, like, and then there were different iterations of the TV show. It was, like, Broad City-ish and then Game Show. Someone wanted to do a game show. And we were, like, okay. Like an (laughs) at-midnight-style dating show. We'll try it. And we tried it. Oh, you know why they wanted to do the game show, Angela? It was because we had come out. We also tried to do a board game. Yes. Well, like, yeah, like a Cards Against Humanity type card game you guys have no idea how many things <laughs> how we, much time how much, we devoted to shit that never saw the light of day and how much we tried to milk 
the like catchy title, This Is Why You're Single. And to our credit, there were people interested in we, every inter- iteration. It never ultimately went anywhere, but we got meetings. We honestly, I still stand by that card game. I have it. I'm looking at it right now. It's it right there. In, it's right there in the corner. No, the card game was fun. We we did focus group. We we like we, we partnered with an actual person that creates games. We did focus groups with our friends and bought them all pizza and made them play the game and got feedback. Like the game was actually really fun. It's just nobody wants to like pay. Like board games are very expensive to produce. So yeah. we would have had to do a. It's a whole world. We would have had to do what are those things called where people ask for money. Like um like a Kickstarter. We would have had to do a Kickstarter. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do a Kickstarter. What a pain yeah. in the ass. Um, so but then we were just telling somebody in a product in a in like a general meeting about our game and we like started playing it with them because we had nothing else to talk about. Right. And that was when they were like, This could be Let's a game. Let's make sh-. this a show. And we're yeah. like, Okay. And then that didn't sell. And then and then a production company looped around was like, Your podcast is like pretty does pretty good though. Like would you guys want to host a talk show? And um, Angela never like, nope. No, but we did film us recording the podcast but at we, one point. But we were like, whatever, let's just go with it. It's not going to happen. And then I don't know why we didn't just say no because neither of us want to be talk show hosts at all. I don't. Did we even did we air those episodes or were they just for? No, we aired them. The production company. No, mm, we, you guys don't might not even realize that we, something you listened to. There was a big hot light in our faces <laughs> and a camera filmed um okay so anyway so this has been there's been like a big journey and then at some point all of that like died in the background right and it was yeah. just and then it got quiet and it was is <laughs> quiet and it was just me angela and our and mic, microphone and our microphones and like all the book the book had been out it had been in all, in all the countries we weren't like the press was done and we were like it was just the podcast and then it was fun for a while yeah, it got it was very manageable, but but right, and then like, but then the world changed. The world changed, and we were like, we, we don't want to talk about dating anymore. Let's yeah. like, let's like rebrand. And that was before the pandemic hit, uh, so the timing was perfect because we aired our first few episodes. What are we gonna like talk in a COVID world? Talk about like how you can't date for like a year. I mean, there's definitely room in this world for a COVID dating podcast, but we passed the baton on. To those in that world. I mean, we did episode. We did talk about like how to date during we the did, pandemic. We did. But to do a whole s- no. series about it, like you got to be With like it. Trump as president, I think it got to a point got where to. where we were like, we're either going to end the podcast now or we need to rebrand. And we didn't. We felt too sad to end it at that point. And so instead of ending, we rebranded to This Is Why just so that we felt we had already started talking about more things in our lives and we wanted permission to do so where we weren't trying to like call ourselves a dating podcast, but like talk about other shit. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, to answer the question, I guess there just, there were a lot of moments where we considered it and then, and then we were too sad and then we were too sad. And and so we, we kept ex- still enjoyed doing it. And we extended the, we kept extending the deadline. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah i think we answered it and we gave a little backstory and then how did you come to the decision about about it ending now after six years um you know people keep asking that question and i feel like you and i don't have a good answer i think it just felt right um like you you were on your maternity leave um and I was I recorded the four episodes with Ian. So then when you and I finally came back together, we kind of were both in different places. 
Yeah, I felt like um, when I had the maternity leave, we you did four episodes, but we had pre-recorded some episodes, right. so I actually had two months off. And those, right. during it was those, a long time not recording together. It was a long time not recording together, and ugh, I don't want to blame my baby, but like, <laughs> no. And then, and then, no, it was a long time not recording for me, not doing the podcast, and like, it actually kind of felt nice to not, I mean, granted, I was also like recovering from surgery and like a hormonal mess, but like, it felt nice to like not have like any responsibilities like that I like had like to not have like any deadlines for right for like a couple months and I was like oh like like may like this was actually nice like I missed talking to Angela but like I also I also feels like nice to not have this like deadline you know and then yeah. we always agreed that we we both always agreed that we well, we were always kind of talking to each other like should we end now let's extend should we end no let's extend and then because we we both strongly believe in like not milking. I mean, we milk the this way you're single, but like not dragging something on. We don't want to die a slow death. Right. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, we were doing this because we enjoyed it. And the feedback and the emails. And, right. So like, right. Like we didn't, I, I think both of us, if it didn't feel right anymore, we didn't want to keep. And the free shit. It. We got like mattresses. I know. And some clothes. Ian was using his native deodorant this morning and I was like. Savor that. The gravy train is ending. <laughs> I liked all the free shit. Yeah. But but like, yeah, it was like nothing nothing bad. I feel like we feel the urge to like keep telling people <laughs> that there's no drama. It just oh, felt yeah, right. Yeah. No, no. I actually I time. I don't know if you agree. I feel like our relationship has never been in a better place. Cause when you're working with somebody for since 2013, like almost a decade, like we've personally been in like like mostly ups, but like we've had a couple like like big fights big fights like almost more um like during the show i would say like when we were doing the sketch show you know not yeah and not as much like well it's like high pressure yeah situation i mean it sounds so silly to be like yes this comedy sketch show is a high pressure situation yeah. but i don't know people feel protective over their ideas and yeah we've and, been in like a few fights but like we've never been in a better place i feel like in the last couple of years you know yeah yeah well we also i think we we know just like a romantic relationship we know how to communicate or we have a better idea of how to communicate with each other and like i've gotten better at like i know when to like let stuff go or just like pick my battles like i used to get really nitpicky about like stupid shit i'd be like we need to like we both have just given up on our social media but like but like <laughs> when we were really trying to like grow the pockets it was like we need to promote this by like 9 a.m and like you're like like i was it was just like no i don't give a shit <laughs> i care about less yeah yeah and yeah yeah we've learned that about each other yeah 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 for sure um i don't know did that i think that answered the question and, and then some yeah so then we yeah we just called each other after the maternity leave or yeah i called you and we like and we just we kind of agreed and then we like negotiated on what would be our final episode right right we weren't sure how much notice to give but i think ultimately we did the uh, good good yeah. situation well i hope that answers it um, you can always though DM us just to say hi on our Instagram. We won't be able to answer your questions on the podcast anymore, but you could, I wonder, I don't know how long we'll keep our email going, like maybe another couple of years. Uh, but in the meantime, you can email us at contacted. This is why the podcast.com to say hi. Yeah. You can DM us at this is why the pod next. We're going to talk about what we've been reading in the news, but first let's thank our sponsors for the last time. <laughs> 
We'd like to thank our sponsor, Italic. Italic is a new kind of everything store. They offer quality goods from the same manufacturers as leading brands, but for up to 80% less. Access everything from cashmere sweaters to linen sheets. Uh, I like the name Italic. I've said this before. It's easy to remember. Simple. Fun. Yes. Uh, I'm also going through a phase where I hate all my clothes and I hate everything I own and I want to buy new everything. I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's some kind of weird post-pandemic shedding of skin. So I love any place where I can go spend my money on things that I probably don't need, but some that I really do. So Italic is great. Italic obsessively finds the highest quality items and ensures a fair price. They connect you with manufacturers from around the world and take exaggerated brand markups out of the equation. They look beyond the logo and get the same quality for a fraction of the price. Members save an average of $746 per year by getting up to 80% off their favorite products. You can find sheets from the same manufacturer as St. Regis and Four Seasons. Which honestly, let's pause on the sheets because like nobody's looking at the brand of your freaking sheets, but you like can tell when sheets are good and when sheets are bad. So if you can actually have Four Seasons style sheets that are basically- Hotel quality sheets. That are basically like the same, but like you didn't have to spend that much. Like sheets are a great, like that is what I would go to. That would be my first, that's like my first purchase on Italic is like the sheets. Like I want like nice ass sheets. No one's going to look at the brand, and you, but you can tell like, oh, damn, Laura's got nice sheets. Yeah. Okay. You can tell that. You as Laura, when you get into bed, you're like, damn, Laura's got good sheets. I got good sheets. Uh, all right. <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to stop your flow. No. I mean, it's a great point. I always sleep well in a hotel, so who doesn't want hotel quality sheets? Um, you can also get bags from the same manufacturer as Prada and say it, Laura. Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Love and a good e- Mew Mew. Anything. Even diamond earrings uh, made by artisans who previously worked for Cartier and Van Cleef and Arpels. But now they work for Italic. Yeah. Sign up for Italic and Italic membership at italic.com slash join today. Use the code thisiswhy for 30% off. Again, that's code thisiswhy for 30% off your membership at italic.com slash join. Do you think people are going to miss our ad reads? Um, Ian's dad listened to the show for the first time recently, and he was like, oh, you could sell anything. I was going to buy vitamins. You know what? When, our, when we told our network that like we were that we were ending, they were like, do you know that you guys were the most sold show? Pretty nice. That's what they, they – like apparently we're very good at ad reads. But that's because we had no problem saying no if we like really, really like you know, didn't like someone. Well, there were a couple that we maybe were like, eh, it's fine. We compromised on one. No, I don't, I still don't even think that one was We've gotten some email complaints about one. I'm not going to say which one, but you guys can guess which one. That's, we got an email from one person that that, like kept emailing us. Two people. Okay, two people. (laughs) Um, But I don't even like, don't worry, we're not trying to like, it was not anything like shady like it's like the product is fine it's maybe let's just say the product was fine but their ownership maybe has interesting political views that's all i'll say we are not aligned with no but like i i have found that there's like a lot of hypocrisy in what do they call it? like wallet protesting? Right. It's it's impossible to be a 100% ethical consumer. You try your best. Yeah. But yeah, we you all use your iPhone. Like, look at order from Amazon. Look at the battery. 
Okay. What have you been reading, Angela? (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. I can't believe we're only up to the news section. This is is a long, this is why episode, but it's appropriate for the finale. Okay. So you and I kind of talked about it's hard to pick a story for the beginning of the show. Hard to pick a final news story, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, what note do I want to go out on? So I picked a timely one. We have the Delta variant (laughs) coming back. And I just would like to reiterate to everybody to get vaccinated. Um, I'm going to read to you. The Atlantic did three key tenants for the pandemic's next chapter. This is by Catherine J. Wu. And um, basically, she said, like I said, we've entered a new chapter. There's the Delta variant. Vaccinated people are asking, being asked to max, uh, mask up indoors again. But what hasn't changed is that the vaccines do work. There are breakthrough cases, but they are a small percentage. And for the most part, people who are vaccinated are not the people that are winding up on ventilators right now in in Florida and elsewhere. So the three things that are going to get us through this next phase of the pandemic, she said, one, vaccinated people can spread the virus, but that doesn't mean they spread it as often as the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, A growing body of data uh, from the CDC hints at an unfortunate reality. Vaccinated people can spread the virus. However, the vaccines are still doing an excellent job at raising immune barriers, keeping the viruses level levels down and driving it out of the body faster. Vaccinated people are still less likely to get infected and sick. That means they still pose far less of a transmission risk than those who haven't gotten their shots. All right. Get Um, it. Yeah. And then just quickly, two, we have the tools we need to fight Delta vaccines, fortify the body's defenses from the inside out. Also, masking and social distancing are still great. And three, vaccines are still the most sustainable solution for ending the pandemic. Can I say one thing about people that are not vaccinated? So (laughs) if you're thinking like, well, if they're vaccinated, they'll just be wearing a mask. Nope, nope, nope. If the people, the type of people that do not want to get vaccinated are also not the type of people that give a shit about you and are wearing a mask. Hence, I went to go visit my friend who had a baby. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, And I go over to her house to go visit her baby. And like nobody's wearing a mask. We're inside her house. And like I'm just like talking to her. I'm like, blah, 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 vaccine. She's like, oh, I haven't had the vaccine yet. And mm. I was like, what? I mean, yeah, your fucking house and you're not in a fucking mask. And like, yes, you have a fucking newborn, but like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, and also she had was had just been at like I'd seen on Instagram, like at like a like a little like get together party the week before mm-hmm. and like whatever, like not wearing a mask, like with other people. And I'm like, and that was just a reminder to me. And I was like, it was so awkward. I was like, oh well, I'm like and we stayed for like another out. Like, what are we gonna do? You know, yeah. like run out or like yell at like a new mother. But like it was just a reminder to me that if like I guess it's my responsibility to ask everybody I see, like, do, like, are you vaccinated? But I was invited into somebody's home who was not vaccinated, was not wearing a mask, didn't think to say, like, just so you know, I'm not vaccinated. Um, maybe we should all wear masks, you know? Right. Like, was what about her? But but she doesn't care because she knows I'm vaccinated, you know? Or maybe she just doesn't care or she's in – she's like, oh, there's a lot of, like, misinformation type of person. But, yeah. but like – the type of people that are like they might be dining next to you, just so you know. And they <laughs> although might although not in New York because they just announced that you have to show proof of vaccination to dine indoors, which of course has been received with mixed reactions. Whatever. I'm I but, mean, I'm not gonna probably eat indoors anyways. Yeah. Um But I, I do want to say because actually our listener Homero pointed this out. Obviously, when we talk about this, we are not talking about the people who like medically Yes, are unable yes. to get the vaccine who are yes. allergic or, you know, for whatever. we're talking about people who are willfully choosing 
nothing yet. Yes. despite lots of and, and it makes me mad because like yes i have it but my two young children can't and don't and so it's like very it's very hard, very hard. I, I, I know it's a very different experience having kids it sucks right it's ho- really hard like if i want to go into a store i've got my baby attached to me like he, my baby's not vaccinated like so um so yeah that's the the news note that i want to end on for me yeah. personally for me i felt a responsibility to leave you with replacements for the podcast so also great in terms of a podcast that i i don't it's funny i have a podcast but i don't regularly listen to podcasts i listen to like a lot of like articles being read to me from stuff i don't have time to to sit down and read but poog poog with kate uh kate berlant and jacqueline novak is like the best podcast my friend sarah recommended it to me it's so funny i like both of those people uh, i haven't listened to the podcast, they but. genuinely geek out over beauty stuff and woo woo and they're so funny i love them um and so anyways they that's the podcast i listen to you i would i would recommend to you listen to you at this podcast i would listen to you <laughs> i speak english um <laughs> And I felt also felt responsibility to leave you with another advice giver. I've talked before about the New York Times ethicist, Kwame Anthony Apaya. We've gotten a lot of questions on the podcast over the years about dealing with friends, family, in-laws, or our friends' partners who have different views than we have. And my instinct is to essentially say, like, oh, if someone with, you know, if if someone has shitty views, you know, just avoid being around their toxicity. But Kwame got a similar question. And for my latest news story, I wanted to read um, part of his response because it kind of made me rethink some of like the advice that I would maybe instinctually give to somebody. Interesting. Okay. And also I've talked about him so much on the podcast. I feel like it's time I choose one of his, one of his ethical, ethical columns to do as a news story. So that's going to be my last story. So somebody wrote in to, to Kwame and said, I am a liberal in a blue city in a red state. I'm going to guess Austin and Texas, maybe? I don't know. Good guess. One of my friends is married to a man who has become increasingly conservative over the past year. In anti-Black Lives Matter, anti-abortion, Democrats are all idiots and socialists are taking over the country mindset. And his posts on social media are becoming more and more extreme. We occasionally socialize as couples. When we are together, I am friendly with him and we avoid overt political talk. But as his social media becomes more and more extreme, I feel conflicted about continuing to accept invitations to socialize with them. Is it hypocritical of me to socialize with them when I find his personal political views so abhorrent. Name withheld. What would we say on the pod? We'd be like, yeah, don't hang out with them, right? Or um, or like you you have like lost interest, right? Yeah, I think I would say what is this relationship bringing into your life other than um, anger and negativity and it would probably benefit you to not. I also, I don't know what Kwame's going to say. I haven't read what his advice is, but I also don't really think that this sounds like the kind of person you could have like a a debate with and learn like and like try and like educate them. Like I think that you're just going to be spinning your wheels. That would you be know? my I, – and I would be right – Right there with you. So, but what did Kwame say? Okay. So first he tells a story about how when he was young, he would go fishing with someone from parliament who had very different views than he would, and they would have spirited debates. Yes, I agree. This person does not sound like someone that would have spirited debates, but but he starts off the article by saying that. And then he says, uh, I'm going to try to read it quick. I feel like I need to just read these couple paragraphs. I do understand why people prefer to limit their socializing to people who share their view of the world and to steer clear of the maddingly misguided. In recent years, certainly, America has reshaped itself in ways that accommodate this tendency. 
With the rise of assortive mating bankers to paint in broad strokes, no longer marry secretaries, they marry other bankers. Doctors no longer marry nurses, they marry other doctors. And so on, up and down the lines of income and class. Although social scientists have argued that this trend has deepened economic inequality, it also reflects substantial and welcome gains in gender equality in the workplace. More to the point, the United States has become more politically sorted. Increasingly, your neighborhood will be predominantly red or blue, not mixed. If racial segregation has diminished somewhat over the past generation, partisan segregation has risen. So he kind of, so this is what I love about comedy. He kind of like, he gives you some like background and kind of like paints the landscape for you. And so, then he goes on to say, and so have partisan identities. Your friend's husband, that is, has the political views of his tribe. These views, as with any tribal shibboleths, it's not a word I usually use. So part, so. But you might shout it at an old man one day. <laughs> Carmagin, shibboleth, <laughs> will often matter to him because they are signs of his membership. Maybe a few of his views were arrived at by careful reflection, but he probably couldn't ar- argue effectively for most of his opinions before an open-minded audience. Just like what you said, Angela. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trouble is that the same is almost certainly true of you. You have the liberal tribal beliefs and commitments. And as a substantial body of social science research suggests, you probably did not acquire them by deep and thoughtful analysis because you are like most of us. Identity precedes ideology. Who you are determines what you believe. I agree with this, but I also don't because Nick grew up in, I mean, for example, like Nick grew, I I do think I've done a lot of introspection and kind of evolved. And Nick definitely grew up in surrounded by by Republicans and he's like, right you know that's kind of is, what a, I was, is a bernie bernie bro yeah that's what i was thinking myself like i i where i'm from i would be the weirdo yeah. or being liberal. but maybe you and nick are the outlier i don't know so well okay <laughs> i'm just gonna go on to finish and then i'm curious to know your thoughts i'm happy to stipulate that your views are enlightened and his benighted still it's possible that you and this fellow are in one respect allied that you are both committed as citizens to participating together in the governance of this battered republic of ours despite the forces that would keep us socially and even geographically isolated from one another you each have a reason to try to understand the other tribe to figure out what its members believe and to the extent that there are arguments involved why they believe it democracy falters not when we disagree about things but when we lose interest in trying to make sense of the other person's point of view and in trying to persuade that person of the merits of our own so this is what Kwame said that i'm like a you know uh, right. i i look forward to the sunday Kwame. do you do you agree is Kwame's is Kwame living up to the the pedestal i have put him on you know what i think the problem is like yes what he's saying makes sense and i want to believe that we live in a world where like yes like we can all like hold hands and be friends be a spirit of debate but and i don't and i don't want to live in a bubble but we've entered um like what do they call it a post-truth society where like it's not just that people on opposing ends of the political spectrum like i believe one thing you believe another thing it's like there's also like just totally made up things floating around and conspiracy theories and and like it's like hard to have a yeah, normal I mean, rational conversation with a person yes. when you're not even existing in the same reality. Yeah, if this person, <laughs> this person that her that like their friend is is dating, right? That's what it is, like right? The friend, yeah, one of my friends is married to a guy. Um, is is like spouting conspiracy theories like uh, like you, you can't like you can try 
Right. At the same time, like, yes, I. But good luck. They're like my my parents know people who post just like I, I had to block them on Facebook because the stuff they post is just bananas. And like we're talking like cute people. And like I get so upset when I think about them. I get like I literally I'm like, I get yeah, tense. Yeah, yeah. But then sometimes I'll see them when I'm home on Long Island. What and do you they do? are so nice. <laughs> yeah, what like, is the deal? What the fuck? So like, it's good to be reminded that they're human, but that doesn't make me like forgive what they do. And it makes me more confused. Maybe that's good. Yeah, why are the people know. with such abhorrent views so nice in person? Well, yeah, because they're nice to me. They're, right, but right, are right, they right. going to be nice to somebody who doesn't look like them? Probably not. True, true, true. So... Yeah, it's complicated. I don't have the answers. Kwame's got some answers. But it did it did open my mind that like there are things that you can appreciate about some people and it is it it doesn't make you a better person to avoid people that have abhorrent views. If anything, like it's probably good to like expose yourself to it yeah. so that you're just more aware and maybe, maybe one in a hundred you'll be able to like change them to what he calls the enlightened views. Yes. And he is totally right about tribalism. Yeah. We've got a tribe. They've got a tribe. Everybody's got a tribe. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's that. That's my last news story. And now it's our last segment of the podcast forever, ever. It is time for our topic of the week. I'm going to miss shouting, like, topic of the week. And the trumpets. The trumpets have been with us for a long time. Yeah. Um, this week's topic is our final episode. What are we going to talk about? Our final episode. I figured we'd talk about what's next for each of us and some thank yous. I know that sounds boring, but let's, but like, what? <laughs> but what? we've covered a lot of ground on this episode. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, you you go first. What, what is, what's next for you? I was going to go, know, but. Sure. (laughs) Um, I actually like it's I don't it's like scary to say what I think is next because I don't want to hold myself to something. You know, I don't want to feel the pressure of I've said it out loud and now I must do it. Well, look at our track record for our New Year's resolutions for every New Year's episode we've done. Like that's actually when you want to talk about like holding yourselves accountable every year. We've done our like I think you know it for, for a good tradition. I'd love to like just do resolutions with just like you and I every year. We should. For New Year's. But every year we do ten resolutions and then the next year and then we forget about them. We say them on the podcast. We forget about them. The next year we read last year's resolutions and like I think we probably roll over like at least half of them. But to be fair, ten is a lot of resolutions. That's a lot. That's almost a resolution a month. Um <laughs> I never thought about it that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's okay. We're used to saying shit that then we don't do. <laughs> Not doing it. Well, yeah. So I've obviously been like thinking a lot about like, wow, my like free time is going to be my own uh, outside of like my day job. And like, what do I want to do at that time? Because I have to do something. I'm not the kind of person who can just do my boring day jobs. So I think I would maybe like to go back to school, which is usually like a desperate move. But. No, no, no. I'm all for that. <laughs> I applied. I like didn't get into this one. I only applied to one program. I didn't get in. I also wanted to do that. Didn't I tell you that? Yes, you did. Um, but for me, I'm like totally pivoting, totally something I've never 
done before um, and somewhat inspired by the podcast is that I'd like to go back to school for mental health counseling. I mean, really? Inspired Wait, whoa, by this is huge. I know. I mean, also inspired by many years of therapy, some good, some not good, really more so inspired by the bad therapy that I've gone that I've received because you want to give people better advice than they well. Then. I mean, like, it's not about giving advice because as you and I both know, we oh, wish right. our therapists would right. give us wait, advice. Wait, wait, that's but... true. That's true. Therapists are like not allowed <laughs> to give you advice. I mean, that's going to be, that would be it's, hard. It'll be hard. <laughs> That'll be hard to do. But, but yeah, I think like, I feel like over the years doing the show, I've met so many people who would benefit from addressing their mental health needs. And for whatever reason, for some people it's stigmatized and they don't want to pursue it or they just never it never occurred to them or like you know and and a lot of people have bad experiences and then if you have one bad experience you might never want to do it again so i am intrigued i am in the research phase do you know my sister's doing this really yes maybe we can like you should talk to her we should collab i was like i was like <laughs> let's Wait, open you're, a practice you're together. gonna be like counselor therapy molly this is like it's like blowing my mind it's so weird to me oh i do but have i mean to i'm happy for her you're gonna have to talk Look to at molly. that everybody maybe this is just post-COVID, everybody's got mental health No, on no, brain. I see this for you. I mean, it's very unexpected. Very, well, but it's we've, very different from anything that I've done before, which is why it's scary. I thought you were going to be like, Ian and I wrote our first movie. Or <laughs> no, and I mean, like, I would love to still have something creative that I do, but, like, right now, my brain is more, like, in that place of, like, thinking, I love like, that what can I you. do with that? I love that for you. So. I My one concern is how will you be able to hear all these difficult <laughs> like sometimes some, you oh, know, yeah. it's like difficult stories and then like and then like wash it and like and not let it stick with you because that is what I that was that's what I would I that's why I admire therapists that are able to like hear these awful off you know not always like sometimes they'll hear about like you know like I'm sure like your therapist loves the wedding planning stuff because she maybe just came from like some terrible like someone warning the death of someone in their family right. you know well so so I have a friend who is a therapist and I've been talking to her a little bit get seeking some counsel and like I think an important thing to remember like when I do get overwhelmed by the prospect of it is like you don't become a therapist overnight it's actually quite a long process so I think you kind of just along the way slowly like with anything else you like learn how to set boundaries and 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 yeah You'd be such that. a funny, cool therapist. Like everyone would want you. But I, I would have to try really hard not to be like the therapist who told me to do cocaine. <laughs> Remember that? Maybe that's one of my favorite stories that I've told on the show. <laughs> when I was like, oh, I wish I could accomplish so much. Like everybody seems to be doing a million things at once. And she was like, do you know how many people are on cocaine? <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, it was hilarious, but also I was like, I need to find a different therapist. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so anyway, yeah, that, that oh, might I be what's next. That for you. But maybe something else. I don't know, but that's, that's what I got on the um, brain right now. Wow, I love that the podcast has maybe inspired this for you. In a, in a way, yeah. That's really cool. Um, the podcast for me has made me a more vulgar, weird version of myself, and I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> like that too weirdly though. <laughs> can I give you an example of that I recently noticed? So I was home. I told you I went on my first post-pandemic trip, and we were around the dinner table with my parents, my brother, and his his like amazing partner who's like got like a doctorate and getting her like law degree and like very sweet. And and like 
Rilo has to poop. And so he like gets really upset right before he's pooping and he like, ah, and like starts like upset. So Nick runs off to like help him poop and they're like, oh, he gets so upset. And I go, yeah, you know, like he's got a tiny butthole. So like, <laughs> and I'm like, and they kind of look at me confused and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to like turn this into like a bit. And I'm like talking about my sweet son's like butthole. I was like, well, yeah. well you've got a tiny butthole. And like, they kind of look at me and like, and like nobody laughs and I'm like, oh, I'm like, like just like being vulgar for the sake of it. And this is like my family and I don't need, <laughs> they and this should have laughed. And this that is, is my, funny. and this is my child. And I, I had this moment where I was like, oh, but that's something I would maybe say on the podcast is I would be like, yeah, like tiny butthole or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I think in my real life, sometimes I'm like become more like vulgar in a way. I like, I'm not reading the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way, <laughs> this is something I talked about with my therapist when I was talking about becoming a therapist. I was like, I am way more comfortable talking. Did you talk to your therapist about becoming yes. a therapist? Which is Whoa. like such a hard conversation to have because it's like you see me at my most neurotic. You're probably like, you can't help anybody. But of course, that's me projecting. And yeah, no. Whatever. But um, Whoa, that's I know, weird. That's I know. Like, it feels meta in a I way. know. Because what but, is she going to do? Tell you no or tell you yes? Well, like it's like yeah, they don't do that either way. They but, don't do that. But she's very encouraging. But um, Great. no. But I was like, yeah, I'm I'm way more comfortable just like jumping into like a nitty gritty like tell me about your trauma conversation than I am with small talk at all. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's sort of a similar thing in that it's like too. I can have these like yes. intimate conversations way easier than I can be like. So what do you do? <laughs> I hate those conversations. I. I'm so you're right. I'm so much more comfortable like getting raw, getting real, like get talking about something like yeah, but not about myself. Like when it's someone that I actually know that says they listen, I'm like, I go like, I'm sorry, like <laughs> if you didn't hear any like TMI well, or yeah, yeah. I, I only feel that way on episodes that I maybe I'm not 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 that I'm not proud of, but if I'm like, mm, I feel like I misspoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like sure. if, I, if I say something gross, I'll own it. But if I say something and I'm like, that didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Oh, I've done that too many times. Yeah. Count. Sorry for all those. <laughs> yeah. Good time for us to be like, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so wait, so Rilo's tiny butthole. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying, yeah, it just made me like, it's made me, I, I'm a changed person from doing this podcast. <laughs> I say for the better. Thanks. That I sounds like a improvement. I, I, I actually like when I said the tiny butthole thing at like the dinner table <laughs> and like no one laughed and it was like, I was kind of embarrassed in front of my like brother's really smart partner. I, I like. I had this moment where I was like, I need to reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I disagree. That would make me sad if you reeled it in. But, um, you know. All right. You, you want to know? You. Okay. So this is what's new for me. So I, I, I think when I had Rilo, I had this like major identity crisis where I was like, I like, I need to get a book deal. Like when I get the kid, like I need a second book deal. Like I need to have some identity outside of motherhood. I was like really freaking out about like not having like my day job or any like purpose like outside of motherhood and, and and like I really manifested that and we got that book deal and got it optioned and I started to kind of fall into the same pattern with with Elliot my second child where I was like okay I need to like have these things lined up I'm gonna like get another book deal and I was trying to pitch like a children's book and I was like it's gonna happen and in our book and Cinder my Cinderella the second book had gotten optioned again working on this and I think recently I've had this kind of realization that like I am gonna feel just I, I it's actually stressing me out too much I feel pulled in too many too many directions yeah and I and like spoiler the children's book didn't it didn't sell during the first round 
they like sent it out to like 10 editors and my agent was like, I still believe in this. Like, let's rework it. And I just haven't felt that like inspired to rework it yet. I also felt like the version that like we workshop together became like not funny and I, I liked it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like I, I really didn't feel like it was my voice. So if I do pitch it again, I just like rework it in my voice and I'm still excited to do all these creative projects, but I just want to take it slower and I feel less pressure to have some like outside identity. Like nobody in my life cares like they they like like I'm kind of coming to accept for the first time in my life that like people want to hang out with me for me and not because I like do some cool job or like have something cool going on and I can still talk about other things and be interesting and have interesting things happen and I and like this mentality from all my magazine days about like well you every week a magazine comes out, you need to have like a next story and like, like right. always needing to prove myself to like my editors and to other people and to publicists that like I could help them or I like, I'm like writing cool stories and I still love like setting little goals and like, you know, I was like, I want to write for the New Yorker and like I did that and like that felt really good and, and that, that will always be in me. But I, I just recently got my first assignment for Rolling Stone, which is like very full circle in my career because uh, like a very low place after college when I, you know, I studied journalism, political science. I didn't want to move to the, thank God I could not have foreseen the local, how, uh, how like the, the disillusion or, uh, the, the collapse of local news, uh-huh. but, but I didn't want yeah. to, I didn't want to move to like a small city and like be a local news anchor. So I, I stayed and I was working at entertainment, but I wasn't making any money. I had to move back with my parents. I was at a really low point. And then I found out that I won this Rolling Stone college journalism contest and like just like cried in my car of joy. And I was like, maybe I can do this. Like maybe there's hope for me. And, and then I asked the editor, I was like, so can I write for you now? And he was like, no. And he was like, you've got to like move to New York, start writing for the village (laughs) voice. And like, and then like, we'll talk. Well now over like wherever, like a decade later, I got my first Rolling Stone assignment. I never ended up working for the village voice. Village voice is dead, but I the Rolling Rolling Stone is also not what it was. It what it's not the force that Still it was very back exciting. then. But it feels very like full circle, and it's very cool. But and I'm working on that assignment now about I'm writing about like uh, like the motherhood penalty in music for female musicians, which 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 is That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really that. I'm really excited. But I was like, you know what? After this assignment, I need to just like take a step back and not like I'll pitch stuff when I feel inspired, but. I don't know. I'm just feeling a little more at peace of just like more time for just like me and, and, and the kids. And I do still want to rework that children's book. I'm excited about this Rolling Stone assignment in the, the Cinderella and the glass ceiling animated TV show. It's not dead yet. Like this is why your single (laughs) shows are like, those are dead. They had their time. (laughs) They had their time. Like this is not dead yet, but it's been a year and like, there's been no progress on it. So it is what it is. I'm like, I was like right after the baby, my neighbor who's a screenwriter was like, she remembered I had told her about like my, my Hatchlorette movie idea from when I yes. coined the term yes. Hatchlorette and was like, that's just such a catchy movie title. Like that should be a movie. But I don't like writing by myself. I don't enjoy writing by, I, I don't enjoy writing comedy by myself. I should yes. say. I, I love a different process. Yeah. Me. I like writing with you. I like writing with Ellen. I like writing with someone. So she was like, do you want to write it together? So we, we wrote like a temp page outline. She sent it to a producer. We're waiting to hear back. So there's like these things that are in the background and that feels good. Like that they might not happen. They probably won't happen. Like the TV show, this like selling this movie 
the children's book. Like those are things that like I need to work on more and they're in the background. But I, I just I feel less pressure to like prove myself and I can just do them when they feel when they feel yeah. right. And I'm like I still want to have something to talk about. And people are like, what do you do? I guess. But right. I really, really was like felt high stakes when I had my first kid. And I feel less of that now because my mom friends like don't give a fuck they don't want to talk about what I do they want to talk about kids and like and my other friends like we've got just some my friends I've had for like decades like they don't they they're like we'll update each other on their on like our respective careers but like they'd also like they'll be excited for me if I have something exciting to tell them but like we talk about like funny stories that have happened you know right and I just feel like nobody in my life cares about my identity the way like maybe it felt more important in my like 20s you know right and so I well, think for the yeah. first time I've like I'm I'm I don't know Angela yeah well I, I don't know if it's our generation or if it's just the way we're built but like yeah I, I think our identities get very intertwined with like what we do we are. And then as you get older, yeah, you kind of have to grapple with that. Because I, I totally I identify with what you're saying. I feel like even ending the podcast, like, there will be a bit of an identity crisis. Um, <laughs> because it's a huge creative project um, that was, like, part of my life. And then we'll be ending and, like, figuring out who I am if I'm not that person that can say I have a podcast, you know? Right, right. So, like, but, but right, it's, like, you got to separate. Uh, how it makes you feel from how it makes you feel when you tell other people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like that at mag. I, I, at some point working in the magazine world, I was like so unhappy, but I felt really cool and proud. But we'd go to like right. a party in my twenties. Like, what do you do? I'd be like, I'm an editor at like people or like I'm at Life and Style or whatever. In touch, like, okay, Matt. I was never an editor at people. I was just like a entertainment. I don't know, forget my title. Entertainment correspondent i don't even know um but but anyways um i just don't you know to be factual um <laughs> but like i felt very cool when i would say that right. but then the reality of the job like had gotten to be not as fun so like yeah keeping something for your identity whereas it's weird the podcast for me is like not even something i say when people say what do you do like it's it's almost like it's it was like so second nature at some point it was almost like yeah. i forgot like people, my friends would be like, and you have like a podcast. I was like, oh yeah, and I got a podcast. Right. Well, and it's wrapped up in so many other things, as we mentioned on the show. Like it's like. Right. I'd be, I would more yeah. say the author thing. Right. But like, we've just done so many things under this umbrella project title. So yeah, I think it's just like all. Right. Right. Like, right. That's true. It's like one creative project to me. I see it all as one thing. But I like what you said. It's like, it's like, yeah, now in our thirties, it's like. I think the people in our lives maybe care a little, they care like less about what we do. Right. Not that either of us, I think we're ever consciously doing it for other people. We were doing it for ourselves. Oh, but not the you podcast. Get, no. Or like any of it. Like, yeah. No, but I, I, uh, I, it's funny. Like when we were talking about ending, like things I'm going to miss is I'm going to miss like talking to you. I'm going to miss like, like if you and I went to dinner, the conversation would like sometimes we almost get like deeper on the podcast. Like somebody wrote in recently about Nick and they were like, Oh, with the episode with Nick and I about the baby, like Nick, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I know. I agree. <laughs> like he says so many, I was like, I wish he was on the podcast every week because like he like opens up and like says such beautiful things to me that he never says in real life. We just like, don't we'll like catch up on our day. And then like, we like, like he opened up and like, he opens up in like such like a deeper, beautiful way 
when the mic is hot. And the conversations are, I'm just going to miss the deep conversations. And I'm going to yeah. miss like having an excuse to like talk to you about things, you know? So anyways, do you want to, do you have some thank yous? Yeah, we both wrote thank yous to wrap this whole thing up. So, um, so yeah, so we heard from our listener, Emily, earlier in the show, who she said she started listening at 22 and she's 29 now. And when I read that, I was like, that is so crazy because like I think of being in your early 20s, like being 22 is pretty much being a child. And if you're 22, you're going to be like, no, I'm not a child, but you kind of are. Um, and I was when I was that young. Um, so like, and then like, so she kind of listened from like having a baby brain into adulthood. And the truth is, I went on that same journey with this project. I basically, we started working on this when I had a child brain and now I'm 32. So this is pretty much see me through my 20s, my adult years. Um, and yeah, I know I, I started in my 20s and now I'm in and now I'm 35. It's crazy. It's it's like it's nuts. We started the podcast six years ago, but we started working on this is why you're single years before that. And who I am now um, is different from who I was then. And I think working on this project was a huge learning experience that that um, has contributed to like who I am now and my perspective on life. So I'm grateful for what I learned about myself and that I was brave enough to take the first big risk and start working with you, Laura, way back when. Um, in lots of ways, what we've accomplished has exceeded my expectations, and I'm very thankful for every person who encouraged us over the years and more than anything, the people who listened because that made it real and worthwhile. And um, the majority of emails we received mentioned listening to the podcast on their commute specifically. Um, so I know how important it is to have a nice distraction from the slog of daily life. And I can think of no greater honor than to briefly have been that distraction for people. That so. was a beautiful Oscar speech. That really was. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. I love, I can think of no greater honor than brief, than to briefly be that distraction will stick with me. Cause I, I, that really resonates and I really agree with, with that. God, I don't, yeah, I don't want to make this like, I don't want to like list all the people that have that have like helped us along the way because there's truly like too Lots many. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I would just list everybody that's in the thank yous in our book because I I feel like it probably is like the same kind yeah, of yeah. circle holds up. Uh, it still holds up. 2015 still holds up. Um, but yeah, like Nick edited this every and when I say edited, like just so you listeners know, like we really never cut anything. We don't take out the ums and the likes, much to people's disappointment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But it would but yeah. just be too much work for Nick. sliced in the commercials and like made the sound sound as good as we could. But God, I don't know. This has been it really has been such a gift to have this space. And for me, I think probably for both of us, the, the reason we kept doing it is is the engagement with these listeners that we've and, and that sounds so weird. If somebody else said that to me, I'd be like, What are you talking about? You've never met these people. But like I can't even tell you how many texts we have between us that were like screenshots of dms or emails and we'd be like and literally we would just write to one another like, this is why we do the show this is why we do the show <laughs> like we did the episode on grief and then somebody had like a close family member die and like wrote us this long email about how much that episode helped us and i was like fuck like this is why we do the show yeah um and like people that wrote in about after having like a miscarriage or pregnancy like just this is why we do the show <laughs> and so I'm really gonna miss that kind of like engagement with strangers because it feels it, like 
being able to interact with like strangers going through the same thing, I found sometimes like more helpful than, than like talking about this stuff with people in my actual life, which can sometimes feel loaded or I could feel judged or I don't want to like burden somebody that I know that like I'm out to lunch with, with like some long story and dom- I'm like always trying to be sensitive of dominating the conversation and I don't, I can dominate the conversation on our podcast or we both can I try to not dominate with Angela, but you know what I mean? And I, I'm going to miss having this space to vent this. It's if something funny happens, I have my little notes app and be like, right. write a little note, like, you know, story for the pod or I'm probably still going to like second nature want to do that. And then be like, oh, fuck, I don't have a podcast to like tell this story to. That's what a bummer. Um, yeah, I don't know what a gift it's been to be on this journey with you listeners. And I'm so grateful. I, I don't know. I, I wanted to feel like my life experience or opinion could make a difference. And you all made me feel like it did at least some of the time. So thank you. And like, I'm so grateful for you, Angela, like for doing this. Like you're, you're so fucking funny. And like, you just always made me laugh. And I really, I really did enjoy doing this with you. It was really fun. Like I can't think of another there. I have no other friend in my life. I would have wanted to, to like that. I would have had as much fun doing this with. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we said before, we've been working together for almost a decade and, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from you and I'm very grateful for, um, the partnership that we've had. Yeah. As I, I FaceTimed you the other day when we were kind of putting together, I don't know, our, our newsletter or podcast rundown and, and like my son was next to me and I hang up and he goes, she is nice. <laughs> And, and I go, she, and like Nick and I both look at each other because we both feel that way about you so much. And we go like, and I go, I go, Philo, you are such a great reader of people because she is nice. And he, he doesn't say that about anybody, you know? And I go, she is nice. Angela's such a nice person. She's just a nice person. And like, I know you'd always be there for me. And yeah, you're just a good, good person. And I'm just so grateful that this podcast has like, I'm like crying up. It's like, it's oh like, a, it's like allowed me to like get to know you in a deeper way than like we ever would have so i I don't know it's been a really great experience and like that's why to give some vintage this is why advice take that class (laughs) it's something you're interested in because you have no idea a decade later you could be sitting with somebody who you would have never met and have created a whole bunch of cool shit together yeah which we did we did we did for a decade like almost a decade and now it's over, but never say never. <laughs> our <laughs> the the heads of our podcast network has said your feet is still there. If you ever come up with another idea, I was like, <laughs> just wait for both of our next identity crises. <laughs> and on that note, that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. This is our final episode. Never say never, but thank you for the past six years. Thank you for engaging, writing in, leaving comments, being our friends, and for this incredible opportunity. Last time we're going to plug our shit. <laughs> Check out our book. This is why you're single. If you appreciate the podcast, really, really just like, it'd be so funny if our book all of a sudden got, <laughs> <laughs> if you miss us. Okay, well, it'd be so funny if like our book all of a sudden got some traction and they were like, we need to go into another print run. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> let's, uh, let's make it happen, guys. Yeah. Uh, and check out my, my sort of new book. It's been a year now. Cinderella on the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. Um, yeah, encourage you to get them at your local indie bookstores as always. Personally, I love the Strand in New York because they've, 
bookstore has been supportive of both of my books where other bookstores like wouldn't let us do events or just like, you know, thought it was too whatever. The Strand is just a, a, it's a New York institution. In New York institution. And had a wonderful experience doing a reading there. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this is so weird. I'm about to say the final line of the final episode and we've said it a million times, but I'm going to say it one more time. Thank you guys so much for listening and stay in touch on the social media that I'm about to read to you. Um, I don't know what the deal is with our sponsors after we end the show. Yeah, I don't know. So act fast if you want to get your shit. I know. I don't um, even know if it's updated on our website, to be honest. But, but. Um, yeah, I mean, any sponsors that we that were advertised on this episode. You could definitely go for. Um, so get hooked up, maybe, with discounts from our sponsors. For a full list, a full-ish list of sponsors in the codes, <laughs> check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so keep in touch. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhythepod. I know we're not that, like, active. I know. How do, how, but for real, wait, before we go, like, how can people stay in touch with us? Because I'm now private on Instagram. So I hate Twitter. I am public on Instagram. And I hate And Facebook. as long as... You don't send me death threats or ask for photos of my feet. Uh, you can feel free to DM me. <laughs> yeah. um, my, I just post too many pictures of my kids at this point. I, yeah, that's totally understandable. And in fact, it's it's a little scary sometimes when you post a but personal you, photo. We're going to keep the this is why the pod Instagram open for like the foreseeable end of time. So <laughs> it's you, free to do so. If you want to get in touch with us. um. You can always DM if you want to reach out to yeah. me or Angela. And you can you can follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram. I am Sparadactyl, like my last name, only the dinosaur, Sparadactyl. And um, if you behave, we can be friends. On Twitter, I'm Laura Lane, <laughs> but I really never check it, to be honest. Um, TBH. But, but you could still try, and then maybe I'll get back to you like six months later. <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> uh, normally, we say please like and subscribe on iTunes, but it doesn't mean shit anymore. So. But, still, but still do it. Still but, do yeah, it. I mean, Why not? Help us go out on a high note. No, it actually would be nice. Like, I wish all these emails people sent, they could just like translate copy, it and copy and paste it on an iTunes comment because, like, we're not going to take down the podcast. So if people want to go back and read old episodes, Unless it would be I nice to know how we changed your lives. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I do become a therapist, and then I'm like, this is probably not good to have out there. We can't take it. You, make, you can't <laughs> no, take I it down. I know. I would never. I, I'm too far too nostalgic to ever do something like that. I, and I, I value. You'll just have to like change your last name to to Brecker. So then when there they search go. Angela Brecker, I think you'll have to just use a different last name as a therapist. You just gave your last bit of wonderful. This is why advice. <laughs> and nobody will ever think to check like. Angela Spare, they'll be looking Angela Brecker. Except for the people listening right now. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't yeah. tell anybody. No, but really, you'll just have to use um, Ian's last name as a professional therapist. I'll, yeah, I'll have like a Because that might be name, weird if I like, if I could Google my therapist instead of like her therapy website. You find 315 episodes. Episodes of her talking about like TMI in her personal life. Whereas my therapist will not say anything personal about her life at all. I have no idea what's going on in her personal life. I've always wanted to know, but she can't tell me. And they could listen to all this shit, know everything about you. It would be so awkward. They can't. They can never. <laughs> right, I'm can, sweating thinking about they this. They can never find <laughs> this podcast. Ever. I'll just have a stage name, but it'll be my therapist name. I'll have it. Th- Maybe I'll change my first name. I don't know. Um. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening. And normally we say tune in next week for a whole new show. But, but you can't. This week we'll just say bye. Bye. This is why. This is why.
This is why pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. That was a headgum podcast.